You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Our second Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. I just want to read one verse to begin with, and then we'll pray and get into the message this morning. He says, For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed... For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I want to read a portion of that verse again. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I want to try to preach this morning just for the next little bit on I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for saving my soul. I thank you, dear God, for letting me hear the gospel one day. Lord, I thank you, dear God, for having uh, old friends here. God, just reminds me, even uh, fresh and anew, God, where you brought me from and where you've brought me to. And Lord, I'm glad where you're bringing me to ultimately, Lord. I thank you for that. God, I pray that you'll bless in this service. God, bless in this message, dear God, I pray. And we'll thank you for that. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Apostle Paul is going through a difficult time. He is speaking about things that he has suffered. He's been imprisoned. He's been persecuted. He has had a very rough time. Uh, I have such a difficult time uh, even having any understanding whatsoever of how uh, the health and wealth and prosperity gospel people can stand and preach the things they preach with a straight face uh, and actually try to preach it out of the New Testament. Of course, it's even more sad. Those that follow them, the great following that these people have, uh, if they had faith, they say, you'll be healthy and wealthy and prosperous and everything will be perfect and everything will be great. Well, I'd like you to find me somebody that had more faith than the Apostle Paul, yet he was beaten, he was in prison, uh, he went hungry many times, he was shipwrecked, he went through a hard time. However... He said, nevertheless, no matter what I may be going through, he says, I'm not ashamed. So he has confidence, but he has confidence because he's been convinced. He says, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Our desire as God's people, and let the baby say amen, all right? Uh, Our desire as God's people is to be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Uh, This word is used several times throughout the Word of God. The Hebrew word for persuaded is sooth. And it means this. It means moved or stirred up. Amen. So by God's grace, we need to be moved. We need to be stirred up. We need to be persuaded. Uh, moved and stirred up. The, the, the Greek word is pitho. It's a verb and it means to convince, to rely, to agree, assure, believe, to have confidence. Sometimes it's used to say that they waxed confident. They grew confident. And we're persuaded. Amen. It means to obey. It means to persuade. It means to trust. And it means to yield. The Latin word persuade means uh, basically to advise to completion. 
In other words, you're getting enough information to make a decision uh, to send you down a certain path and make you live or encourage you to live a certain way. Now, uh, Paul said, I am persuaded. Now, as I preach to you this morning, I believe I'm looking at a lot of people that have also been persuaded. I'm preaching to people who have been persuaded. But now here's the question. What's your persuasion? (laughs) What is your persuasion? In which way have you been persuaded? Folks, really the war that we find ourselves in today is a war of persuasion. It's a war of those that are trying to persuade you one way. There's a media, there's a culture, there's a worldly influence that's fighting against the truth of Almighty God that would, that would persuade you in one direction. And then there's the Word of God. There's the truth of God that per- would persuade you in the opposite direction. The, the paths of blessing and the paths of life. What is your persuasion? And I'll add something to that this morning. I believe each of us, in some way or another, not only I believe are we all uh, have, have all been persuaded, but I believe that we are all persuaders as well. I believe whether we realize it or not, whether passively or whether aggressively, or whether passive-aggressively, one of my favorites, not really, uh, that we're persuading someone. That our influence, our words, our lives, our actions are persuading other people. So being persuaded, it means to be convinced. It means to be convinced. Being convinced involves your will, your walk, and your talk. Being convinced, being persuaded involves your will, your walk, and subsequently your talk. Alright? And so, this morning, when we talk about the will, by the way, there's something that comes before the will, and that's the mind. The mind, the emotions, and the will. It comes into what we think about. What we contemplate. That's where persuasion begins. In the mind. What are you bringing into your mind? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What are you pondering? Because that helps. That, that determines absolutely what, which way our will is going to go. Because I've said it probably a thousand times. But what you think determines how you feel. And how you feel determines what you do. We're persuaded. The Apostle Paul said he's persuaded. I'd like to be persuaded in the way the Apostle Paul is persuaded this morning. Now there's a few things I want to say here. Number one, persuaded in the Scriptures. Again, the problem for many of us today is that the persuasions that we hold, some of us may still hold persuasions from our old life. From before we were saved by the grace of Almighty God. And see, it, it, it's commonly or culturally accepted. There's many common, common uh, persuasions, culturally accepted persuasions that are contrary to the blessed truth Word of God. See, your persuasion is made evident by how you are living and what you are saying. There's a lot of different persuasions in this world today, but God would have us to be persuaded. I promise you one thing about our God today. He's a good God. He's a wise God. He's a powerful God. And God desires, God longs for you and I. And I'm telling you, everybody, every man, woman, boy, and girl on this earth, He longs for them to walk in the path of blessing. 
He longs for them to walk in a place where He can unload. I believe, listen, it's the will of God for all men to be saved. It's the will of God for all men to live the abundant life. And there's so many people that are not going to partake of that because they've been persuaded in the wrong way. And I mean whether you're saved or whether you're unsaved. See, the basis for proper persuasion is sound doctrine. Sound teaching. That's the basis for proper persuasion. The truth of God's Word. How many of you are glad that we have the Word of God today? Amen. I'm glad that we have the eternal words of God preserved for us today. uh, Right here in this Bible. And so it's it's based on God's Word. Truth that that has been revealed by an all-wise, great, almighty God. And folks, this truth has been also proven in practical experience. And I'll say this, I believe the truth of God's Word, I believe it stands up to practical experience. In other words, socially, in human experience, folks that have been persuaded by the Word of God have changed culture for the better. Now someone's sitting there thinking, wait a second, I, I, I know about Christianity going on a rampage and, and slaughtering millions because they wouldn't convert. No, no, no. You know about some religion that did that that wasn't bible amen that was that was that was the same pagan religion that had been doing that for hundreds and uh, thousands of years before that time that go all the way back to babylon and then the romans adopted it and then they just threw religious tags and everything on their pagan religion and their uh their pantheism and so forth or Uh, Their idol worship. Folks, that wasn't Christianity. See, socially, it's to say this, that individuals, families, and nations that are persuaded for Christ and by the precepts of this book are blessed and are a blessing in this life to those who are around them. You know, there's been, there's been battles on, and you know, years ago, uh, there was the big battle going on about the displays of the Ten Commandments. Who would want, wouldn't it be awful if we still had up on the walls in schools, thou shalt not kill? Oh my goodness, that would affect our society in such a negative way if we still had something like that on our walls. Or thou shalt not bear false witness. Uh, you know, right? Or thou shalt, I mean, you go through these things, wouldn't that be terrible? It would not be terrible, folks. I'm telling you, God's Word and those who are persuaded by the truth of God's Word, it's socially a blessing. Why? Because one of the great, great truths that this country was founded upon, since it was also founded on these same principles. I mean, you know this. Uh, there, was a, there was a preacher that was used by the, uh, and brought, brought many souls to the Lord through his preaching. Charles Finney had no desire whatsoever to be a preacher. He wanted to be a lawyer. This is going in, I believe, into the early 1800s. Uh, Charles Finney wanted to be a lawyer. So he went to law school. And while in law school, while, as he studied the laws of our country back in those days, they weren't trying to hide and disguise our origin and our foundation. So when you studied the law, there were Bible verses that went along with the laws you were studying to show you the basis for the laws we have in this country. And as he was studying the law in law school, he had to read these verses because that's what our laws are based on. And as a result of that, he ended up getting saved and being a preacher of the gospel. 
That's what this country used to be. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Wouldn't it be nice if there was a little bit more uh, uh, you know, character and a little bit more integrity and so forth when it comes to law and when it comes to some of those folks? But you know, the, the point is, is that socially it has been a blessing and there's inalienable rights. There's the belief that God has given people rights. Therefore, we do not... Listen, true Christianity has never forced anyone to convert. Never. This country was founded upon these principles. That's why there was freedom of religion. But it has been changed into freedom from religion. But there was freedom of religion. Now there were those that were trying to do it, but I'm talking about true Bible Christianity. Those that are following the Word of God. Now those that are following other patterns, but I'm talking about the persuasion of that. Listen, socially... Uh, listen, it's a blessing, amen, to follow a pers- the persuasion of God's Word. And I'm going to say this one more time because it's in the media so much today. Life. Listen, those that follow the persuasion of God's Word are not going to kill the innocent. Especially the, 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 the innocent that have no way to defend themselves when we talk about abortion and so forth. But socially, listen, the persuasion of scriptures has, has proven practically a blessing in the human experience. Socially, scientifically, and psychologically. Tragically, we live in a society that has been indoctrined, in other words, persuaded or convinced to the contrary. That socially, scientifically, psychologically, that the truths of God's Word stand up in all of these. See, uh, to the extent now to where there is a predisposition to dismiss hard evidence of the certainty of our Creator and the absolute joy it is to know and to serve Him. In other words, people have been so persuaded in the day and age in which we live. As soon as, you, as soon as you say, well, I'm a Christian and I'd like to tell you what I believe God says. People have been programmed to marginalize us to the point, oh no, I already know everything you believe. You're a whack job, homophobic, uh, Islamophobe, uh, xenophobe, uh, all kind of four probes, whatever else we are we get every name in the book well wait a second can I show you some hard evidence can I show you some truth can I but but people have been programmed predisposition dismiss it it can't be real and so that's the time that we live in but see the apostle Paul says nevertheless I'm not ashamed amen I'm not ashamed. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. Why? Because I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed uh, to Him against that day. We live in a time, listen, to where it's, be- it's come like that. But I'm telling you, people have been taught wrong, led wrong, persuaded wrong. But let me tell you something, child of God. That's where you come in. Amen. That's where you come in. And that's where I come in. Amen. God has it for us. I'm glad one day I was persuaded. Amen. I'm glad one day that I heard the truth of God's Word. And I'm so glad that uh, God the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. And He showed me my need for a Savior. In other words, he, he there was a persuasion there that I was lost and I needed a Savior. But that if I would call on His blessed holy name, He would save my soul. He would forgive my sins. Glory to God. And He would make me a child of God. Save me from a devil's hell. And ensure me of the joys of heaven one day. And I called on the Lord and was eternally saved. And I'm eternally saved. But I'm telling you, folks, this is when we talk about this faith, we talk about this persuasion, uh, yes, it, uh, it, it may be for the ignorant, but I want to say that it's for the intellect as well. Because the Word of God, the truth of God, truth always stands up to scrutiny. 
Uh, truth always stands up to, uh, to scrutiny. And so the truth of God's Word is absolutely for the intellectual as well. The truth is not just about believing, and it's not about believing in spite of evidence, someone once said, but obeying in spite of consequences. So when we talk about persuasion in the Scriptures and the truth, what we're saying is our persuasion is based on solid evidence. It's based on truth. It's based on reality. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.13 says about all those heroes that died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them. They were persuaded by what? The promises. Uh, They were persuaded of them and they embraced them. Amen? God says we need to be persuaded by the truth. We need to embrace the truth. Amen? Oh, my friend, listen, uh, I am a, uh, my, my love language, if you bear with me as I sound weird here for a second, one of my main love languages is physical touch. I like to hug my wife. I like to hug my kids. I like to embrace them. Amen? And I like to embrace, by God's grace, help us to embrace the truth. And there's nothing worse for somebody that likes to hug than somebody that don't hug. Have you ever made the mistake of going up to somebody that's not a hugger and try to hug them? Oh, that's awkward. It's just like, brother, God, bless you. Oh, gosh, man. You just hooked you just like a, you know, a two-by-six or something. It's like, well, that was awkward. Uh, you know, that's how some people, if you're not careful, that's how you can embrace the Word of God. No, it says that these who died in faith, it says they were persuaded of them, and they embraced them, and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. What I'm trying to sell, tell you this morning, and I guess sell you if you'll buy it, amen. Uh, but listen, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that the Word of God, our persuasion, is based in Scripture, and that means it's based in fact, it's based in a, a solid foundation. Folks, you've got to understand something. You've got to ask yourself some logical questions this morning. If this were truly fairy tales, if this truly was not the Word of God, with all the enemies that, that, that Christianity, that the Word of God has had for the last several thousand years, and, and for the couple thousand years that we've, had the, uh, that we've had the Word of God the last 400 in English, and you know, you would think, with all the critics... Maybe they could find some error in there somewhere. Maybe they could disprove. Now there's accusations there, believe me. Just like there's accusations, but guess what happens time and time again? The Word of God stands. Guess what happens to skeptics that go to sincerely prove the Word of God wrong? Any skeptic with a true heart and mind and that will be fair and goes in to prove the Word of God. You know what will happen to them? What's happened to so many other skeptics? They'll be saved. They'll be saved by God's grace. Because what most of them run into, one of the things you'll find out, is the problem today, folks, is not with people's intellect. It's not if I could just if I could just get them to understand. See, the problem is not what they understand. You know what the problem is? The problem is what they do understand. What do you mean by that? What do they understand? They understand something about God. They know enough about God to know God's a holy God. They know enough about God to know that God does not, that, that God does not, does not smile or, or, or wink at sin. More specifically, their sin. Many of the philosophers, by the way, said as much. 
It's not that the truth doesn't stand up. It's that their hearts won't stand up. It's that they choose in their darkness. They want to continue in darkness because they want to continue in sin. It's not a problem of of the validity of God's Word. Hallelujah, the truth stands. Amen. May we be persuaded by God's Word. May we embrace the Word of God. So we're persuaded by the truth. Not only that, real quickly, we're persuaded by the Spirit. The Bible says in John 16, verse 8, And when He has come, He will reprove the world. And that means to convict or convince. He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. See, not only have I been persuaded by the truth of God's Word, but I've been persuaded by the power of God's Spirit. Amen? The Holy Ghost of God who reproved me when I was lost, convicted me, convinced me, showed me my need of a Savior today. I'm glad that salvation is personal. So we're persuaded. The basis of our persuasion is the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit of God. And then the results of that stand persuaded in our stance. Again, the Apostle Paul says, "Being uh, he says there in verse number 12, For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You know one of the important things that I want to say in the midst of this? Is that our stand, our salvation, it's all about a person today. Sure. Yeah. See, the, the, the religious zealot would say, I know what I believe. See, but the, tra- the child of God says this, I know whom I have believed. Amen. I know whom I have believed. I haven't believed in the preacher. I haven't believed in some priest. I haven't believed in some pope. I haven't believed in some dope. I haven't believed in anything else. I believe in Christ. Amen. I know whom I have believed. Hallelujah. Amen. Sorry, you ain't going to shout me on. I'm going to shout myself on. Amen. And it's not me. It's the truth. I'm glad I know Him today. Amen. I'm glad He's my Savior. I know Christ. He's real to me today. I'm not a religious zealot that's been indoctrinated to the point of being some weirdo. I might be a weirdo, but it's got nothing to do with that. Amen. I'm saved by God's grace. I know the Savior. I stand before you today. I preach unto you today. I live the way I live today by God's grace because of Him. Not because of what I know whom I have believed. Therefore, I am not ashamed. Amen. See, why can we be convinced? Why can we be confident? Because we know Christ. Too many people are are, are, are afraid to try to persuade those that are lost and witness to those that are lost because they're scared to death about what? They're going to ask me about something I don't know. Please don't be fearful of that. Because you can just easily say, well, I don't know a lot of what, but I can tell you about whom. Amen. Do you know Him? And literally, you can say that I've had, I've had people ask me questions, and especially if they're unsaved. You know what I'll say often? I'm not real sure about that, but can I ask you the question I started off with? Do you know Christ? Yeah. Have you put your faith in Him? Do you know that He died on the cross for your sins? Amen. I know Him. I know Him. I know Him and He knows me. And if you're saved, you know Him. And He knows you. And we can share Him with somebody else. When I, I, I proudly introduce people to my wife. I like being seen with my wife. Uh, because 
Have you seen her? I mean, listen, I like being around her. I, you know, and, and somebody may come and say, uh, hey, uh, they may start asking a bunch of questions because I still don't get her. We'll be married 22 years this year. So there's going to be some things where I say, I don't know. But I know one thing. She's my wife. Amen. And I can introduce her to you nonetheless. See, because I've got a personal relationship with her. I know her. And folks, I know him today. I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded. He said, that's why I'm not ashamed. Uh, you go to that church down there. Are you a Baptist? God forbid. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about whom I believe. Amen. It's not about. And I don't, don't, don't. I don't be sitting out there being good up and say, "Well, you know, we do need to believe some things." I understand that. I know there are some what to what we believe, but I'm telling you, the main thing is, is that we know Him. We know Him. I am persuaded. And I want to give you just a few things here quickly, and I'll dismiss. Number one, I'm persuaded in the promises. Romans chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I spend a lot of time trying to persuade God's people. I really do. You know why? Because there's too many of God's people that have been persuaded the wrong way. Amen. How do you know that? Because they're in doubt. They're worriers. They're overcome by some sin. Their lips always dragging the ground. I mean, just like a front end loader. I mean, just... Chad, bless his heart, has been up here uh, moving some stuff around and uh, some dirt and everything. And I, I tell you, there's some people I think could just come up there and help him. He's, he's running that skid steer on this side and you can just come along. <laughs> just push it right along. That'll a little bit more dirt to your mouth, amen. How you doing? <laughs> Gosh. I mean, what I'm trying to say is this. I spend a lot of time trying to persuade God's people because God's people need persuading because we've been persuaded the wrong way. We worry, we doubt, we fear. We allow ourselves to be overcome by sin. We're haunted by past sins. All these things. That's not, you're not persuaded right, folks. We need to get in God's Word and say, you know what? You need to be persuaded by the promises. Oh, I'm so alone. No, you're not. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He's with me. Amen. Oh, I'm such a loser. No, you're not. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror. A super conqueror. Through Him that loved us. Amen. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, all these things, we need to be persuaded right. Get in the Word. Amen. Get your persuasion right. You can overcome. I can't be forgiven. See, I'm the one exception that's ever been created. See, I failed God already. And I just can't get it right. Well, buddy, you've got the wrong persuasion. Because my God is still the same God that can take a guy like that right there, Ralph Hager, and make a preacher out of him. Amen? Amen. And he's, he's the same God that can take a man that was killing and imprisoning Christians, the Apostle Paul, and make him a preacher of the Gospel of Christ. I mean, quit buying the lies. Quit buying the lies. This goes up to another point, uh, and, and, and that is this. I can't be a witness. I can't tell people about Christ. Uh, I don't know enough. I'm not bold enough. You know, I'm just not really an outgoing person. I don't just really talk to people a whole lot. 
Most people, not everybody, but can find something that you can get them talking about. You ever find people? And by the way, that's one of our jobs sometimes, I think, getting to know people. Find something they like to talk about. Amen? And, uh, but, uh, but listen, we need to learn that we can. Amen? And so be, we need to be fully persuaded in the promises. Also in perseverance. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 37, the Bible says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded. I'm convinced. I'm confident. I'm not ashamed to say this. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things uh, to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm persuaded in perseverance. I'm persuaded that no matter what comes our way, though the mountains be removed and and fall into the sea and and the floods rise and and, and, and whatever may come, come what may, we're more than conquerors. Amen? Amen. Oh, my friend, our dear missionaries, uh, you know, they're in a country that, uh, that just, I believe it was last year, that, one, that there was a missionary working in that same region that the man was killed. They were just there a few months, and he was killed uh, right in that country where they're trying to minister. Listen, but you know what? He's more than a conqueror, amen? His family's more than conquerors. Through No matter what it is, we are more than conquerors, that whether it's death, whether it's life, whether it's persecution, whether it's height, and when he says, or any other creature, what he's literally saying is anything else that's created. In other words, there's nothing that can affect the fact that we are super conquerors in him. So we are, I am persuaded in the promises. I'm persuaded in perseverance. I'm persuaded in people. Hebrews 6 verse 9, he says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though thus we speak. You say, what's that got to do with anything? That's not as exciting as the others. But I just want to say this, it is to me. Because you know what? I'm glad when I look out at God's people, I can look at a people that are God's people. There's a lot of preachers out there today, these are my people, my people, my people. They ain't your people, amen. They're God's people. Uh, And if they're God's people, I'm persuaded that God can work in God's people, amen. He can help. He can bring about the growth. So I'm I'm persuaded, uh, folks, and people, I'm persuaded in preference opposed to conviction. Romans 14, verse 5. Y'all bear with me. I don't usually preach many topical messages, but I am today. Uh, uh, I'm I'm, uh, persuaded in preference as opposed to conviction. And here's what I mean. We have convictions that are clearly based on the Word of God. But Romans 14 verse 5 says, One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now the Bible is very clear on many matters. Those aren't up for debate. But I'm telling you, there's other matters that, I mean, you know, I'm looking at Seth here today. That shirt, I think, is peach, but it looks close to pink to me. And you know, there's some people that their preference would be, you know what, I'm not going to wear a pink shirt. I mean, and it's, it's been hard for me to everything about putting on something pink because of the way my dad instilled that in me. You know, uh, and so it's just like, you know, I'm not going to do that. So, you know what? That is okay for me to say, you know what? I'm not going to wear something pink. Are you colorblind, brother? Do I remember that? I could tell. I meant to tell you this morning. Uh, no, Miss Kathy dressed him. He's okay. But listen, uh, but, but here's what I'm saying. I'm using a silly illustration. Bear with me for a silly illustration. But here's the silly illustration. The silly illustration is this. I hope that some of you will appreciate, some of you may not. 
It's one thing for me to say that. It is one thing for me to say, not doing it. I'm not wearing it. It's another thing for me to come up here to Seth and say, Seth, that's wrong for you to wear that shirt because my conscience disagrees with that. And I'm telling you, sadly, that's what's happened in many churches. Uh, they, they, pick a convic- they pick a preference. Let our men be fully persuaded. They were picking days. They were saying, well, this day is going to be exalted. Listen, God does not exalt one day above another. It says it right here. But you know, there's some, there's some people that will not eat out on Sunday. That's fine. Don't persecute that person. Don't give that person a hard time. But they don't have any business coming over to me saying I'm breaking God's Sabbath. Sabbath ended yesterday at 6. Amen. Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, so, uh, but, but what I'm trying to say is that, 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 I, that I'm persuaded in preference opposed to conviction. Therefore, I'm not ashamed. I can wear a pink shirt. Someone say, he's a compromiser. Look at his hair. Look at, you know, he don't have a jacket on this morning. Whatever. I'm like, so what, dude? Don't bother me. You know why? Because I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. Therefore, I'm confident. People can say about, my, about me what they want to say about me. But if I'm staying true to God's Word, guess what? Then I don't really have to worry about it. Amen? I'm persuaded this morning. I'm persuaded these last two are really important. And I'm going to give them to you quickly. Um, I promise. Somebody thought that was a joke. <laughs> I will cite two other examples uh, of the necessity of the persuaded becoming the persuader. The persuaded becoming persuaders. And I'm going to give them to you quickly this morning. I'm going to give them to you in reverse order. Number one, in discipleship. Discipleship. Acts chapter 13 verse, verse 43 says, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Please note for yourself 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Go read that to read how, what, a little bit about what Paul's discipleship program looked like. It's a lost word in so many churches. We expect the missionaries to go do it, but we forget that the work they're doing is the work that we should be doing. It's not different works. It's the same work. I mean, we should be training nationals, amen? We should be bringing up people in the ways of God. We should be preparing young men that can share the Word of God, young ladies that can teach and share the Word of God. I mean, listen, it's not about a 12. Some people, it's sad. But for so many people, oh, have you ever been disciple? Oh, yeah, I went through a 12-week discipleship class. Wonderful, it really is. I'm glad you went through a 12, but that's not discipleship. Discipleship is spending time with people, investing time in life and just spending time with people and uh, serving the Lord with people and so forth. And there's a lot more to it than just a class. But so, listen, I'm persuaded and may God help us to be persuaded in discipleship. Well, preacher, I sure wish you would teach so-and-so. They just got saved. Well, listen, we've had a lot of people get saved here over the last couple of years. And yes, I want to be as involved as I can with them. But I tell you, I can't be involved with all of them. What's wrong with you? Amen. And I'm glad I don't have to ask that because there's nothing wrong with you. We have some great people that take these people under their wings and disciple them. I don't know how to do that. Take them out to eat. Invite them over for a meal. Talk with them about the Word of God. Let them ask you some questions. And I'm telling you, that's how it begins to work. And I'm glad we've got a church of people that, that, that believe in that. But we need to do that. We need to do it. We, we, need, we need ladies, and we have ladies. We need even more ladies that are willing because I tell you, I, there, there's ladies that have gotten saved. I'm not spending time one on one with a lady. That's, right. That's not my wife. Not going to do it. Uh, not without my wife or with somebody else with me. So, guess what? It'd be nice for a lady to be able to spend time uh, with that lady. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, Sometimes I ponder saying something. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'll say, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But I was going to say this. It's totally a little rabbit trail, but I'll be back in just a minute. 
If I'm not, just bear with me. If I'm not going to, if I am not going to, listen, I've been preaching for 20-something years, been saved for 20-something years. uh, And you know one thing I'll not do by God's grace? Not spending time alone personally with the woman. You can do what you want to do, but I'll tell you this right now. I'm not doing that because of nothing else. Number one, I don't want to have the temptation. Number two, I want to be able to be free from any accusation. Here's my thing, though. Why would I let my pubescent, did I say that word right? Children spend time alone. Amen. Hormones going crazy. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Amen. Told you it was a short rabbit trail. I'm back. Amen. All right. In discipleship, I'm persuaded. Lastly, I'm persuaded in evangelism. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verse 11 says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Who? God's people. We know the terror of the Lord. Is hell real, people? Is sin destructive? If we know that terror, then we need to persuade men. We need to let them know about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We persuade men, that, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also in your own consciences. We need to be persuaders in terms of evangelism. Uh, I want to give you uh, this verse as we persuade. And throughout the book of Acts, we find Paul persuading people and being accused of persuading and turning people away from idols and so forth. Finally, uh, there was a day when uh, Paul got to stand before King Agrippa. And he reasoned with him of sin and of righteousness and of, of temperance and so forth. Of righteous temperance, judgment. And as he reasoned with him in Acts chapter 26, verse 28, Agrippa says to Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost thou persuadest me. There's a lot of people that are almost persuaded. There's a lot of people that are almost persuaded. If you need to be saved this morning, cross that almost off and be persuaded. Amen. Amen. Come to Christ today. Call on Him today. He will save your soul. Ye will save your soul. He will change your life. And Miss Sonia, if you'd come and play. I want to share another verse with you out of Luke 16, verse 31. There's a a sad, sad account there in Luke 16 where a man dies and goes to hell. Jesus tells us about it. The man that dies and goes to hell begs for someone to go back and tell his family about this awful place so they don't come there. And by the way, that's what we ought to be doing. And here's what Jesus says. He said, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, I'm sorry, Abraham... If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. In other words, if you're waiting on some big light and thunderbolt and all that, no. Moses and the prophets right here, persuaded by the Word of God. If people can't be persuaded by the Word, by the Spirit of God, as we all stand this morning... I've said many times throughout the course of that message, I am persuaded. But I fear that too often, I may not have the right persuasion. I want to be able to say these things with the Apostle Paul. I'm persuaded. How can you tell if you're persuaded? How are you talking? How are you walking? How's your life? Are you persuaded? If you're here this morning and you're not saved, 
Would you come to Christ this morning? Almost persuaded. Almost persuaded now to believe. Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear Lord. God, if there's anybody, God. I've done my best to try to persuade some folks this morning, Lord, with your truth. And God, may I just try one last time. And may I pray that the truth and the Holy Spirit of God would work in the heart of perhaps that one that's here today that's not saved. To humble, humble themselves. If they could just examine their hearts for a moment. And if they could just recognize that it's pride that's holding them back. And if they could just humble themselves, Lord. Confess that pride. Humble themselves right now. And from their hearts, call out. Ask for forgiveness of sins. Ask you to be their Lord and Savior. Help them to do that right now, dear Lord. I pray and ask it in Jesus' name.